Welcome back to Two Metal Dudes, again with a two, the number two, and I am Austin. And I'm Charlie. Oh, hello, Charlie. We're actually in person today. I know. How exciting. Thank God for, uh, you know, the vaccine and everything, allowing us to do this together. I know. I haven't seen your beautiful face in a while. In person, of course. You know, FaceTime, yeah, etc. Usually we do this over FaceTime. Yeah, it's true. But it's true. Um, I feel like this episode is going to be very special. The banter and everything is going to be much more natural. And um, I'm going to be moving even more, so my my voice will clip even more. Yeah. Oh, then there's and, Kitty, yeah, and then my, we have a little doggy right here. Dog. He's quite little. Yes. Yeah. How how much does Kitty weigh? 120 pounds. Oh my god. He is a Bernie's Mountain Dog. Yeah. Which makes I suppose makes me fancy, but it does. It's if you were ever in the Swiss Alps. Oh, no, that's St. Bernard. I'm no, sorry. No, no, that's yeah. it. Is it? Ber- the Bernese Mountains are in Switzerland. Oh, yeah. I guess, isn't there Bernese Switzerland? Isn't that it? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Cool. Cool. So are we talking about <laughs> this is a dog show now? <laughs> Looking pets. Uh, but yeah, today, well, let's see. I mean, first, tell me how are you doing? How are I'm you doing, doing wonderfully. Well, how good. are you doing, Austin? I mean, pretty good. Kind of lull. I had to call in sick from work a couple oh, days. Oh, no. I'm so my sorry. My ankle was hurting. But oh. And I went to the doctor, and it yeah. turns out I'm, I've just <clears throat> been really fat oh. the past year, and it's caught up with me. Oh, dear. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, this isn't that big of a deal, but you probably need to, like, you know, stop being fat. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, really? I don't want to. I don't want to. I want um, craft IPAs and pizza. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean... I've definitely put on some weight too. And it's not so much my ankles, it's my knees. Yeah. Like I go on a jog yeah, and I yeah, need yeah. ice and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So oh, God, I'm there with you. Die. But yeah, things have been pretty good. Um, and of course, just, you know, always listening to music for the most part. Just pop it in my headphones, taking a walk. Yeah. And well, apparently not recently because your ankle, but. <laughs> yeah. I was hobbling around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, we wanted to talk more this time, you know, as a general guideline about we've we've sort of talked about shows, or I mean, we probably definitely talked about shows. <laughs> we definitely each have, episode, yeah. yeah. But this time, we wanted to like to break it down. We wanted to be, and this was Charlie's uh, initial idea. We wanted the anatomy of a show, so like the basically like walk you through each section. Yeah. Because we know like our show's super popular and a fun fact, the majority of our listeners aren't even metal fans, but just like our our dialogue is just so fascinating to them that right, they just right. can't stop listening. So we figured that we would break down like what is it like going to a metal show? Right. Like my mom has compared me to David Attenborough. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> she's she's our main listener. Hi. Yeah. Hey mom. <laughs> yeah, and your mom's compared me to like the muskrats that he's talking about. Right, right. Yeah. Some sort of um, vermin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, so the anatomy of a show, like like literally the anatomy of the venue, you know, like who's in the front, who's in the back. The scene, who's the there, scene, who's yeah. not there, what are people wearing. Right, because we're just, we've always. Excuse me, who are people wearing? Yeah, who are we? <laughs> yes, that is something you should point out. Um, and, and, you know, most people when they go to a show, they don't want to be caught dead in that band's shirt. But at metal shows, if you show up, especially if it's like an older uh, t-shirt from that band you were like you're yeah the, you're, you're the cool kid. yeah you're you're fucking vip, VIP. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know you might get like a a nod from the drunk singer yeah um, 
Definitely. <laughs> and by bigger, we mean like gadget, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, all right, so. Yeah, start us off. All right, so we're on our way to a show. So we buy our tickets. Well, and um, we bought them before. Yeah. before well, there have been the some way. times where we've shown up to the shows and it's just been sold well, out and it was very sad. Has that? Yeah. It definitely happened. It definitely happened once. Okay. Or maybe twice. I mean, I'm I sure it's happened. Yeah, but definitely. Or it happened to our buddy. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that was, yeah. wasn't it like a, that was like a Melvin's Napalm Death show. Yeah. And he didn't I, get That was tickets. at Slim's, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, dude. Yeah, it's like, people, that was going to sell out for sure. Fucking people love the Melvins. Like, yeah, and people love Napalm Death, too. Not as much as the Melvins. All right, so we definitely have, I don't know if I'd call them pre-show rituals, but maybe like a pre-show hangout. You know, we always like to go get food somewhere close to the venue, and we like to get, you know, we like to wet our whistle with some drinks. <laughs> yeah, usually. Yeah, yeah so uh, typically, you know, we're either in San Francisco or Oakland, pre-pandemic, and um, we drink beer before going to the show. <laughs> that is, yeah, that pretty much sums it up there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and depending on what the show's like and who we're seeing, you know, that is that will uh, that will inform how much time we'll spend before we go in. Obviously. Right, and it's usually something quick, like are we going to go get a burger, pizza, or something wrapped? Is yes. A burrito, you know, yeah. falafel, something like that. You know, just just getting some calories before we party. Yeah, or as we party. Yeah, and then you know most venues don't have food, but and if they do, you probably don't want to yeah, eat it really. Want, no, thank you. Yeah, and then yeah, we set you know get going. Or I come from work and have to like hustle home, change out of um, scrubs, and you know put on my sick T-shirt. And then, like, sprint to the venue while I'm in, inhaling, like, a piece of bread and cheese. You know? <laughs> it's like, I gotta put yeah. something there. Um, yeah, and then you just get empty calories with your beer all night. Right, yeah. yeah. My body's like, hey, we can't use these. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then sometimes there's a line, of course, you know, yeah. waiting to get in. Definitely, but typically and not. Pretty much at most shows, it's just like, do you have a knife? And you're like, no, I'm good. And then they let you in. Yeah, that's basically right. They like you get patted down, but they're like, do you have weapons? And you're like, no, I don't. Yeah, and they're like, please come in with everything else that you might have. Yeah, do you have like, do you have the ability to vaporize marijuana? And then you know all things like that. Um, so yeah, go inside, and usually you know we don't want to show up. Nobody, it's just like a party, right? Yeah. A party in general. Nobody wants to be the first person at a party. Unless, of course, you're very obsessed with the band. Yeah. But even then, no thanks. And uh, so let's talk about protective gear. So we're going. <laughs> protect. Yeah. We do take condoms to shows. Yeah. So do you, are you, do you wear earplugs usually when you go to these yes, shows? Yes, but I never. One of my favorite things is walking into a venue and being blasted by a wall of metallic sound. Yeah. And then I just immediately get transported to like a different place. And I mean, I guess not really a different place. I get transported into that room and I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. You know, you get pumped. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, whereas if I walk in with earplugs in, it's, it's just sort of muted. 
But usually, you know, we walk in, sort of briefly survey the crowd. You know? Yeah, see what people are wearing, who people are wearing, excuse me. Right, like probably it's like after the opener or during the opener set, depending on how many bands are there. And, you know. Yeah. And then we head often to the bar. Yeah, we usually we, go to the bar first thing <laughs> right. to grab a beer, yeah. And then we continue surveying the scene and just depending on like what the set list is and which bands are playing and what order, you know, um, what set times and stuff like that. Like, what are we going to do? Where are we going to position ourselves? Yeah. You know, this is very important. That's exactly right. Because you don't necessarily, you don't want to hang out by the bar. It's usually lit over there. Yeah. And like, you know. Yeah. All in, the riffraff comes in. You're just in people's way. Yeah. But the thing is, too, is you can't always trust the set times as well. You have to be a little diligent because there was mm. one time. Or many times. Where we so. went to go see Suffocation and one of the bands didn't show up and they ended up playing the set earlier. Oh, yeah. And we caught like two of the songs. That was bullshit. And then Belfagor closed, and we were like, we don't give a shit about this band. I mean, they're fine, but it's like... Yeah, everyone was there for the the black metal band. And you're like, but you're not here for the old school fucking sick Long Island death metal band? Come on. Come on, Barry. Get your shit together. Um, So... Um, so we were talking about how we go in there and we survey the scene. So what do you see? Like if close your eyes and imagine like first person narrative, like what do you see when you survey a metal crowd? But I'd like to start with scent. Okay. Um, (laughs) You know, I take in a, Oh, what is that? That's a stale, stale stale sort of aroma. It's certainly, yeah. It's a confined air space, Mm -hmm. like lots of exhaled breath. Yeah. Exactly. Warm. It's warm and musty. Yeah, it's like, a, like a locker room. Yeah, it's like a COVID's wet dream. Yeah, right. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And it's and immediately just struck by how many beards there are. Um, yeah, and you can smell that as well. And then sometimes, you know, especially on the West Coast, you know, people are already blazing up inside, whether they can or can't. And so you definitely smell a hint of marijuana. Um. Yeah, what do you mean, like, what do we see first? Like, in terms of, like, where do I look in the crowd first? I mean, but, like, what are people wearing? Oh, well, everyone's in a band t-shirt or, like, a black t-shirt. Band t-shirt, black t-shirt, or, like, denim jacket with patches. And this, I guess we're talking more like like a metal show. But at a hardcore show, there's going to be some dudes already with no shirt on, and they're wearing shorts. Yeah. And they're fucking ready to mosh. I know. I stay away from those guys. And (laughs) sometimes they're active military, which is also interesting. Yeah. But those guys, they're like, this is a gym session. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so then, you know, we just kind of post up, depending on if it's a band we really want to see, or we're just kind of like surveying the scene. But half the time, I feel like the bands we really want to see are are not, you know, we're not rushing in to see those. So we have a drink, like we size up the band, you know, like, and then we usually like, let's let's go check out the merch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then you go, I mean, I don't know, are other shows... I guess merch in other shows is usually outside of like, uh, you know, like in more popular shows, it's outside of the main room. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, in a, at a metal show and it's just in a smaller club, it's just a, you know, a, t- a folding table off to the side. Yeah. And with typically like, the people in the band who are selling the merch too. Or it's like guitar tech. Yeah. Yeah. Roadie type person. Yeah. But yeah, or the lead singer who doesn't have to set up as much stuff yeah. or something. Yeah. 
That's very true. You know, survey the merch. Be like, mm, I'm going to pick that up later. Be like, but is it going to sell out? I don't know. I know. And we have different tactics on this because <laughs> you don't want to carry around merch for the entire no, show. No, why would I? Uh, and I'm not going to take a backpack with me. Well, my thing is, is that like, I'll be like, I want this hoodie and it'll be the first band and I'll buy the hoodie and just put it on and suffer in sweat like, you know, a high school, like, you know, wrestler trying to sweat out <laughs> their weight. <laughs> Yeah, and and that sacrifice works well because there's been plenty of times when I, I want something and at the end of the show it's gone, <laughs> and then I'm just like, no. I know. and then I just have ten layers on and I'm about to pass out. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely influenced my decision on purchasing things. I have also mm-hmm. lost several T-shirts that I like really <laughs> wanted, like fucking saw Electric Wizard. You know, yeah. they don't play very often. I've loved them forever, and I bought. You know, they don't have too much merch online, and I got a sick Electric Wizard show. Lost that before I ever left yeah. the venue. You know, stuff like that. Lost a shoe one time, too. And yeah, that, but you didn't buy the shoes yeah, there. So that fair enough. Just, but just I was thinking of losing <laughs> articles of clothing. Uh, yeah, so, you know, or you, you can go full-on whatever and, like, wrap it around. Or the best is when somebody, you have a friend who's just standing there or has a backpack. Yeah. And you're just like, here, take this. Yeah, we just, yeah. Or the best hostile outcome is if you somehow know or you're like chatting up the merch guy and you're like, hey, can I leave this right here? And they're like, yeah, whatever. I mean, somebody will probably steal it, but you can. <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah. yeah. And when that works out, you're like, oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> or you're like, or the bartender or something. You're like, hey, Maggie stashes. Yeah. And they're like, no. And you're like, oh, yes. Yes, you can. So... I would just like to rewind a little bit. Yeah, we've really uh, talked a lot about nothing so far. No, this is very important. Um, so we talked about like what type of beer. So like what's like what type, me- of, like, what type of beer do you want to drink at a metal show? Are we going this in are, depth? Well, are you like are you? I mean, are you starting out with? Are you doing strong IPAs the whole time? Are you doing a stout? Are you doing well, like this PBRs? Depends. Um, this depends. So, you know, it's like, how much are you going to drink? You know, what do you got to do the next day? I mean, at this point, the next day doesn't even exist. Right, right. Uh, How much do we have beforehand? But I'm sure it's usually like, you know, a nice crisp West Coast IPA, perhaps. Mm -hmm. If if they have that on top. Well, everybody everybody does. And then often followed by... PBR or Modelo Tall Boys. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the way they go. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, because it's usually that's the cheapest option. Yeah, and you can drink like a lot of them. You can, you can if if that is what you want to do, which is and metal shows often that's what we want to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, especially in our older age, like when I was much younger and I would be more active, like you know, in the front and in the pit and stuff. Obviously, you're not really going to be drinking, but in my older age with my back and my knees and your yeah. ankle, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's just a different thing. So you just drink to feel feelings. So anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, or you drink not to feel feelings, I guess. Also, I mean, I've definitely been to plenty of shows sober or, you know, taking breaks or drinking or, um, you know, you just have like one or two. Yeah, it's it's great. And you can obviously still have a good time. Of course. But there is sort of a sweet spot there when you're, you're like really getting jazzed up and you want to see a band and you've had a couple of drinks and then like, you know, the riff just, and you sprint forward to the pit. Yeah. I mean, I might be getting ahead of our, of our, uh, you know, 
the anatomy of a, of a, of a show type thing, but that is yeah. that feeling is pretty amazing. Yeah, definitely. And then you can overdo it and then wake up being like, I don't, did we see that band? Yeah. Yeah. And that's terrible. That's the worst. That has yeah. happened to me at a show, you know, a few shows that I'm just like, damn it. I really, you know, like, did Slayer play us? Did they play the Raining Blood song? Yeah. yeah. Did, <laughs> did Suicidal Tendencies close the show? Because I don't remember seeing Slayer. Uh, like, I remember getting like thrown around the pit, but I don't remember what songs they played. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. They only played, uh, you know, Christ Illusion, the yeah. album front to back. <laughs> yeah. So you gotta, you know, you gotta know, you gotta pace yourself. Yeah, exactly. Just like in any in any place, everything in moderation. Right. That's what even we, moderation. That's what we say here at Two Metal Dudes. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, what happens when the band comes on? So, like, what's going on on the stage typically? Like when a band you know is playing. Besides, obviously, the band playing. Okay, you're here looking at me. I mean, this is like every live show. This yeah. Is like, yeah. I mean, in between sets, they come and take down the equipment from the last band and put up the equipment for the new band. Okay, so we got that covered. Yeah. Great. And the sound guy plays plays yeah metal in the background. Yeah, he plays you know rain and blood to test the guitars. Or if out, they think they're really funny, they'll play you know some completely different genre, and you're like, this isn't funny. Yeah, play <laughs> play metal, man. Yeah. It's a metal show. Yeah, dude, turn those Beatles off. So the one thing about metal shows that is very great is um, just how intimate it is, right? Where it's like, yeah. there's no, typically, unless you're going to a bigger show, like at an arena or something, like you, if you're in the front row and you just take one step up, you're going to be on the stage. There's no guardrail. There's nothing like that. Right. And so typically when metal bands, you know, play, uh, and the shows are a little smaller and a little less regulated, you'll get a lot of people jumping up on the stage, stage, stage diving, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. In my youth, which was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, right. But now in my older age, I mean, I'm very happy for anyone to do that. But in my older age, I'm just like, I remember it was maybe like three years ago, I was up front for a show and someone stage dove. And they're wearing steel toe boots. And as they staged it, their boot hit me in the eyebrow. Boom. And I started bleeding. And I was just like, I had a, like a what am I doing with my life moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was so upset that I was hurt. So I stay away from that now. Yeah. And that's more of an intense, like, that's probably more like hardcore influence bands or a hardcore show or something. Because, yeah. you know, like a you know, grind show or or a death metal show where they don't have a lot of slow parts. I mean, it's not going to be too much stage diving. Yeah. Yeah. But like people get on stage and the main thing is like, so absolutely stage diving, you know, but there's one thing we were talking about this pre-show, uh, head running. What's it called? Head walking, head walking. And so what this is, is this is a phenomena where a fan will get on stage and instead of diving into the crowd, they will literally run on the crowd like it's it's an extension of the stage, <laughs> yeah. which is the craziest shit. I, I remember watching that and being like, you know, a teenager at like some small hardcore show and just being yeah. like, I don't want anything to do with that. That's always more at the heart, you know. Yeah. You don't see that too much at metal shows. And yeah, unless stage diving too. I mean, basically hardcore shows are just more fun live. Yeah. I mean, a, a sick metal band with a lot of different tempo changes, that can be fun in, in the pit. Um, 
but but there's also bands that like Andrew WK will like invite yeah, right. everybody on stage and that will be a thing. That, that, he puts on a great live. I know. I've actually yeah. never seen him live, which I'm upset about. But I've been right next to him, like with my hands on the keyboard. <laughs> oh, really? During a song. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know, uh, most of his backing band, or at least it used obituary, to be, right? dudes from Obituary. Yeah, yeah that's so, so sweet. But um, yeah, and then so that's what happens on stage. Obviously, the band is playing, and you know, like the singer is trying to avoid being knocked over by the knocked over the stage divers and stuff. And and, and there's been situations where like audience participation or audience aggression uh, has really upset. We were at a deicide show you know, every and day. some guy ran into the, the mic stand that he was right. using. Glenn Benton plays the bass. So he needs a mic stand and it hit him in the mouth. Right, he was, pissed. he was very upset. But which, Glenn, Glenn Benton wakes up pissed off. I know. But also <laughs> I, you know, if the mic hits you in the mouth because someone staged it, no, like, I know. And it, it usually why. involves um, too much alcohol. Like somebody yeah. is fucked up and just like going wild. Yeah, um, yeah. I've definitely seen that. Yeah, and there's some some bands that are like, no, no, like come run into me. You know, like yeah, let's go, let's go. And then there's others who've just probably been doing it for a long time, and they're like, just fuck off. Like, yeah, leave me alone. <laughs> Stop running. <laughs> I don't want to dodge you. This is my job. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but. I, I tend to like the, the, the previous bands better who are, who are just like, oh, let me try to get out of the way of this, like, you know, teenager doing yeah. a backflip off the stage. Have you ever that's sick? Have you ever went to a show where the band sets up on the floor? Yeah, where there's no stage. Or or there is a stage and they just set up on the floor because like, that's like, they're like quirky or whatever. No, I've only seen when there's no stage. Somebody oh. sets up on the yeah. floor. But yeah, and you stand, you usually stand around the drum kit, yeah. you know, just that's fun. That is super fun. I saw Evergreen Terrace did that at a show I saw in New Orleans. That was really, it was really fun. Yeah, I've seen a few of those some grind shows, and I don't know, nothing standing out at the moment. Um, But then, if you work your way from the stage to the back, Mm -hmm. first you have people up at the front, the very front, on the stage. Yeah. For bigger shows and more well-known bands, um, those usually people that get that first. Often they're like super fans. They're really into it. Yeah, they'll get there very early. I mean, yeah. and it's the same with anything. You know, you go to a Lady Gaga, sh- Lady Gaga show, and right. you're going to have those people. Yeah, it, this is yeah any show. I mean, assuming there's a floor, but but at metal shows, and especially those that maybe have more of a thrash vibe or just like a faster vibe, get a lot of headbangers in that first row. You know, yeah. people just holding on to the stage. It's like chest level, and then they're just you know, yeah crushing it with their heads. Definitely. Um, and that's sort of that's definitely a thrash thing. And for some reason, I always think of the "No Sleep Till Brooklyn" video by Boy- Beastie Boys, and you're like, "What? what you, why Beastie Boys?" But Beastie Boys did start as a hardcore band, and um, that video is just sort of like mocking, but also in solidarity with metalheads. Yeah. And Carrie King from Slayer runs out and plays the, the, the solo. And there's one part where a dude's headbanging and his head flies off. And it just, <laughs> God, it cracks me up every time. So I think of that a lot as like dudes in leather or like battle vests or whatever. Yeah. Like just like, you know, they're, just, they wear like the bracelets it. with the nails like sticking out on them. Like, well, yeah, if they're a black metal fan or or thrash though, like Carrie King and stuff yeah, used to right. do that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're right. It did kind of start. Um, started there. 
like Venom and Slayer dudes. Yeah, um, but it could definitely be rough up in the front. I mean, especially as we were talking about with people diving off the stage and everything like that. But it's usually not as intense if you go back. And I would say maybe it's three to four rows until you get to the pit. And we're talking about standing room only. You know, and there's no chairs, obviously. Well, yeah. I mean, like, no. could you imagine a no. metal show? You're going to go see Napalm Death. It's just chairs set up on the floor. <laughs> well, I mean, it's do like pandemic show or they're like stand in that circle or like yeah, sit in that circle. Work. Yeah. That's true. So um, how much time have you spent in the, like what's your like pit situation? Like you think? Well, yeah. So it depends. I don't like to just like run up there at first, you know, you survey the scene, have some beers or whatever. And again, it depends on who you want to see, who you're there to see how many bands are on the bill. Uh, but when you're, you know, when a band, you, that you love starts, you know, you just get really pumped. I like to be kind of like three quarters of the way back. And then if you get a song that you really want, yeah, you just fucking run to the, cause you know, like any show, especially if it's more sold out or whatever, it's going to be packed and you, yeah. maneuvering around is a little difficult. And, it, and if there's no music playing, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not tougher. easy yeah. and somewhat obnoxious, I guess. But when the song starts and in a metal show, it's just like all bets are off and you can move wherever you want. Yeah, it's and a very people, fluid. People will try to give you shit, but they're always just annoying. No, and you just laugh at them. Yeah. I mean, it's very <clears throat> different than like, because I've been to indie shows and like even the last time I saw Tool and I was trying to wake, make my way up to the front, people like tried to fight me. They're like, I got here first. And it was, like, oh, so, it was, shut up. Yeah. And it's really strange because growing up going to metal shows, that's just something I'm, that's so foreign to me. Yeah, it's like, how do I... It's like you know? it's actually kind of fun. It's like a game. It's like, how do you, I get to this yeah. spot? I like oil myself up and <laughs> yeah. just like slither through the crowd. <laughs> or if you're just completely overwhelmed with positive energy, you know, positive and you know, negative energy. You just fucking make a beeline straight yeah. for the pit and you get in there and just, whoa, and yeah. it's a metal show. You know, it's going to be more of like a circle pit push mosh. Definitely. You know? So yeah. people are running around literally in a circle and like, running, running yeah. into each other. Like I remember I would be back at the bar and I'd literally put my hand on people's shoulders and just yell the word pit in their ear and point and they would get out of my way. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a great way to kind of like I mean, get metal to a crowd. Shows are, yeah, and if you really, you know, fuck somebody up or, like, knock out their beer. Which I've done before, and I just ran like, away. Yeah, you can run away. Yeah. Or you can just, like, beat them um, or give them another beer, you know, at the, Yeah, if you see them again. I did it when I was, like, 15, so that wasn't even an option. Yeah, they were just <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't yeah. do it. But, yeah, and then, so, yeah, you make it, there's the pit, which is in the, like, front, if you were to percentage wise I mean it's right it's for a few rows back of people standing yeah. and then there's a pit and that opens up and contracts as as it goes or, yeah definitely or if it's like a band nobody really wants to run around to you'll have like three just, people yeah just like holding holding for yeah you know the thing with the pits too is that um I've, I the pits are fun but I always found them very distracting this sounds yeah. stupid where it's just like, well, it's just like when I'm in the pit, like I don't enjoy necessarily the show. So like my favorite parts, if I'm going into the pit to like get into it, it's always like the front perimeter of the pit where like you still get kind of that, like that physical activity, but you, but I can actually like watch the bands. Right. When I was younger and I would like, you know, 
be in like a slayer pit or something, I was so afraid of just getting my ass knocked out that it was difficult to enjoy the music I found. Yes, and sometimes, yeah, if it's an intense pit and you kind of get caught in it, you're uh, you're just focusing on that. Yeah. But ideally, you run into a pit during a sweet breakdown or sweet riff that you can really just let off. You know, you blow off that steam and then uh, step, step to the side. Yeah. And we were talking about this, you know, before that, because it is basically just this, I mean, sort of a circle, perhaps more like an ellipse, you know, some sort of amorphous circular uh, form of emptiness and people just like running in circles or at hardcore show, you know, people are like spin kicking and, and shit like that. Yeah. That's a whole nother, that's yeah, a whole nother whole episode nother right there. Yeah. Um, but then you know, just to the back of that sort of, of the pit of that circle is, is one of the best places to stand. Yeah. Cause then you got a clearer view of the stage and yeah, you might have to like, you know, put your elbows up and lean into people that are trying to knock you over but that's a good spot to stand or like one or two people back from from that right in the middle that's like the best spot because yeah, be- the sound gets better as you move further back into the venue I mean not exactly. all the way back but like three quarters of the way back center stage is probably the best sound yeah. and that's where the sound guy is often set up um, so that is one thing if you get really close like you want to you know get close to your, the band you like but just can't I mean especially at a metal show it's half the time you can't when you get that close, you're just like, I don't know. What song are they playing? Yeah, <laughs> it's just a wall of sound. I know. Like, I'm here for it. Yeah, and that's when you probably need your, your earplugs in. Yeah. One of my earliest pit memories, actually, was I went to go see... It was Sepultura at Maritime Hall in San Francisco, but it was post Max Cavalera. It was a first tour with their new singer. Oh, was it Derek? What's his name? Derek? I, I don't have any idea. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I was a little apprehensive. But the thing is, the show was amazing. And I was in the pit, and I was standing on the periphery, like, you know, the, the periphery of it. And uh, they were playing Slave New World. And it was the first time I was mm-hmm. ever in a pit where it was pitch black and they were using strobe lights. Oh, yeah. And there was this dude across the way that was literally running right towards me. And I remember this like it was yesterday. And I would get a flash of him and then it would go pitch black. And then yeah. I would get another flash of him and he <laughs> would be like, you know, 25% closer. And it was like just seconds before I was just completely laid out on my ass. And at the time, you know, being 15, when my ankles didn't hurt and my knees weren't terrible, it was amazing. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> but that's just, that memory is just stuck in my mind of that experience of just like watching this dude in a strobe light come <laughs> directly at me. Yeah. It was uh, very memorable. Yeah, I can imagine, and probably at the time, very terrifying. <laughs> it was, yes. yeah, I mean, there's definitely been some moments. I mean, I'm struggling to think of a specific one at the moment, but we were like, oh, shit, you know, this is intense. You're like, I'm glad I, I went to the gym the other day yeah, or something like that. Definitely. What was the first mosh pit you went in? Do you remember? Well, I think I've already discussed that in a previous episode. Oh, the Pantera and Morbid yes. Angel show? During Morbid Angel set, I ran into it and was like picked up and body slammed and, yeah. you know. Just was immediately into it, and um, always even yeah, even even when we got older. If it's a band I really want to see, like a Suffocation or I Hate God or something, I am I'm gonna be in the pit at some point. It might yeah. be just like thirty seconds. Yeah, I mean that's that's about right. Right, and then just like you're like, all right, I'm good, and then you try to you move your way to the periphery of the pit there. 
and also another you know on the edges obviously and it, this is true for every show you know that's another way to try to get closer as you know kind of snake the edges yeah. and then cut in at some point um, yeah but then people right in the middle you know that's you're kind of hanging out you, you you like the band or you're a little bit older or whatever you're talking about yeah. uh, at, uh, past the pit yeah yeah like the middle of the venue yeah I mean that's middle. typically where, where we are today yeah um, besides when we go see sleep and we actually sit in seats but yes but that's not an option at almost all metal shows, including yeah. like a Yob show or something. Which is a complaint of, which has been a complaint of ours before. Or just wish they had like foldable chairs. <laughs> or just like a Just s- give us somewhere to sit. Snack bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. But it's fine. We know, you know, at DIY venues, it's not, you know, you're not writing, you're not there to ha- sit on a comfortable couch or something like that. No. You know? And sip on a craft cocktail, you know. Mm. No, no, no. Mm-mm. You're there for PBR and metal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, hang out there. That's probably at this point in our lives where we spend most of our time is just chilling there, you know. And then yeah, I'm very happy there. Right. Yeah. Right. And you can also in the middle, you can kind of like sneak in a little conversation or something. Yeah. Be like, this riff is sick. You're like, oh, this part. I love this yeah. part. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> or if you know you're really into it, you know you. You put your arm around your buddy and you headbang together. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I've done that plenty of times. Yeah, it's you and me usually. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and then you get further in the back. Usually the crowd gets older. And then the people like way in the back are either, you know, they're not interested in the band. They're taking a break or they're like waiting yeah. to go piss or something. Or they're just like, they're partying. They're just there for the party or whatever. Yeah. That's usually how it works. Um, yeah, so I just lost my train of thought there. Uh, oh, and in between sets, <laughs> <laughs> we can cut out that. Uh, I think I think I'm gonna elongate it. Uh, part. Yeah, <laughs> when you know uh, when a band stops, obviously, and the lights, house lights, sort of come back on, yeah. and you know, then it's you know it's a mass exodus from uh, center stage to either if there's an outdoor spot it's to the outdoor spot or to the bar yeah um but usually in like california you know you can't take your drink outside yeah so unless people, it's like gated off or something but even if it is like at the metro they don't let you take really a drink. you can't take a drink outside. Uh. so people just bust out that they're you know they're getting some fresh air you know they get away from the locker room smell yeah and the, the sweaty man you know, sweaty denim <laughs> and leather, and yeah. for cigarettes and weed, then you know, then especially on the West Coast, it's just packed. Yeah, with people just Definitely. blazing up. Uh, I think something that we haven't necessarily talked about yet that I think is important to mention is just like how friendly people are at metal shows. Oh, yeah, you know, because like typically people think like, oh, you listen to metal, you're angry, you know, like there's something wrong with you, you need to go go to therapy, which <laughs> I think everyone needs to go to therapy. <laughs> And but, metal shows can be therapy sessions. Yes. Well, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. But there's definitely been times where, uh, you know, we've met, sparked up conversations with random people and then ended up, you know, uh, you know, contacting them later and going to more shows with them and, like, you know, making friends that way. Yeah, it really is. I mean, when you get to underground metal or even, I mean, stuff that might not be considered quite underground, but just metal or more extreme metal in general, it's like... 
most people, if not like literally everyone there is just, is not trying, you know, they're not faking it, so to speak. You know, they're not trying to be like, Oh, this is cool or something. So I'm yeah. going to pretend that it's like, I'm cool. going to be a weed eater fan. So people think right. I'm cool. Right. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Well. So nobody's really standoffish. <laughs> and if you like, you know, got some cool t-shirt on or something, you can definitely strike out conversations with people. And yeah, we met a few people that we've kept in contact with from, yeah. from shows and they've even, you know, done other things outside of shows, you know, exchange phone numbers. It's also just like at a party too, where you both exchange phone numbers and then never ever talk to one yeah. another, you know, but it is fun. We've had a lot of conversations, you know, during, between sets and then after the show, especially if it ends a little bit earlier and like, which bar are we going to? Yeah. And they're like, dude, come with us. And they're like, yeah. And it's, you know, sadly, almost always dudes. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's always dudes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, more and more as I've gotten older, there's, there's more younger women um, being represented, but it's still, still pretty small and mostly white dudes too. Yeah. I mean, as far as uh, on the West coast and, you know, maybe a little bit, closer to like the border there's more of hispanic crowd like mexico and central american crowd but yeah. uh, for the most part yeah it's just white dudes um to yeah. which is you know not good but yeah i mean it's it's fine but you know we certainly could use more diversity in metal but that's a whole nother topic yeah that we are definitely qualified to talk about <laughs> <laughs> well we are but we should probably have uh, notes before we just start reading yeah, or guests yeah, yeah or, or guests yes yeah. but um yeah it is fun that the people just usually and if they know you're on the same page everybody is is almost always very friendly i mean you know there's some like there are some people into extreme metal and punk that are like sociopaths and well, of course but they're, they're there for the violence and yeah. the the bin, you know, just blacking out and stuff, and they're terrible. But the vast majority of people are just kind of like nerdy and yeah. Or, you know, That's something that I definitely found out or discovered as I grew older that like metal fans are just a bunch of dorks for the most part. Yeah, yeah. The dorks with like anger problems. Yeah, um, except if you're going to like a five finger death punch, and then it's just a bunch of fuck boys with anger problems. Fuck but boys, I think it's more like. I'd say like Nickelback fans who got wanted to get into something a little <laughs> Nickelback fans are fuckboys, you think? Well, no, probably. No, no, no. Five, I'm, <laughs> five Finger Death Punch fans are not fuckboys. Are they? Uh, maybe Pantera fans, even though I love Pantera. Yes, I mean, does metal have fuckboys? I think so. Over, uh, yeah, perhaps they do. Maybe maybe my def. I have let's to go, go on Urban uh, Dictionary. Let's go on Tinder and find yeah. out. Yeah, clearly we're dorks, so. <laughs> yes, very yeah. much so. But a lot of people do have a music background, too, whether they... Um, did something in high school, you know, whatever, played in a band yeah. or majored in it or work within that industry um, or just have, like, myself, you know, just enjoy music. Like, both of us, we just enjoy music a bunch. So usually, like, you can be, you can talk to these people, uh, talk to us, I should say, about tons of different genres of music. I mean, usually at a show, you're going to talk more metal, you're going to talk shop, yeah, but sometimes definitely. it gets into... Some post rock or whatever, yeah, or maybe yeah. some uh, hip hop rap. Oh yeah, no, obviously Charlie doesn't listen to, <laughs> to rap. <laughs> hip hop rap, yes. I um, actually looked at up like what's the difference between rap and hip hop the other day, and I learned a lot. Yeah, it is an interesting sort of distinction. Um, 
that we also will not get into. Yeah, because I don't know anything about it. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't know too much, but I, I certainly know more than you on that that subject. I know. I need to get into it more, and that's something that we'll I mean, talk I guess. About. But you know, if you don't, if nothing really catches your ear, you don't need to keep. Listening. You know, but it's just like one of those things where it's like there has to be something out there that I really do enjoy. I mean, we were talking before the show, like okay, I do well, love like Tribe Called Quest, you know, I love yeah. the roots and that sort of stuff, but like, I feel I mean, like, do you listen, do you just, how many Wu-Tang albums have you listened to? I mean, I've listened to, uh, 36 Chambers. Yeah. Which is like, you know, the album, I believe. Yeah, that's the best one. But I feel I like I need to, but you know, I can name maybe three songs that I listen to. Yeah, or, well, I certainly can't name songs for the most part. But then you look, at, then you can spin off from Wu Tang Clan and listen to all those solo albums, and so many of those are fucking good. Yeah, then you can go West Coast rap, you know, get more gangster rap stuff. Yeah, and then, you know, I have. Well, uh, I listen to Tupac, and I'm just like, I, for so, I just get bored. Yeah, I can see that. But, Oakland, Oakland, born yeah. and raised. Um, you know, but there's but just just like with metal, there's sort of an infinite amount of of subgenres. Yeah, of course. Within. And I really got into uh, southern rap, which makes perfect sense. So that was coming out, you know, coming to the fore in like the late '90s, early yeah. 2000s. So Houston, Memphis, Atlanta, shit. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, the southern rap is tough. That's tough for me. Oh, it's, that's a I trap shit. The crunk. I know. I don't know if I don't like that screwed. stuff. Oh, it's my favorite. Most of the shit I listen to comes out of like Chicago and Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, that makes Chicago. It's like Dave Chappelle's Block Party. It's like that concert that he put on. Yeah, that's like the rap that I like, or like the hip hop that. Yeah, I that's like. more. Yeah, that'd be more hip hop, I suppose. Uh, whereas I like, yeah, more of a trap rap sound. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it sounds like we should have like a special episode where we play each other and yeah. have like live. Well, I mean, it was later in the episode. I mean, literally at the end of the episode, going to briefly highlight Three Six Mafia, but we can uh, can save that for later. But um, was there anything else you wanted to mention about like sort of the anatomy of a show? I mean, we've kind the of only just thing, bounced around from yeah, front the, stage, definitely to backstage. The the only thing I do want to mention is that you know because. Uh, we've all had the experience, or I guess you and I have had the experience of like bringing a non-metal head to a metal show, yeah, right? Yeah, and then yeah. being like, well, what do I expect? You know, like granted, the first time I went to a metal show, I was super nervous about it, you know, because I didn't necessarily know. And I just really wanted to reiterate that it's, um, it's a very welcoming and safe place. You know, I've seen people, you don't have to wear a black, you don't have to wear a metal t-shirt. People show up in their business casual clothes and just nobody gives a shit. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, Everybody looks kind of gruff and pissed off, and you don't want to just like be a dick or run into people. But for the vast majority of people, are yeah, just don't be a dick. But just like anywhere, yeah, this is very chill, and are just there to like. I mean, it's any any sort of escape. You know, it's an event where you're just not thinking. You're trying not to think about work or your troubles or whatever, and you're just there. To hear, you know, some sweet solo or... Yeah, and it's unlike anything that you'll ever go to. So if anyone is thinking about doing something like this post-pandemic, we, I can't encourage it enough. And it's take guaranteed. Take, take your plugs for sure. Yeah. And um, you can do it very safely. <laughs> safely. Yeah, well, because like, everyone's mean, afraid they're going to get like our ass kicked or like, I mean, you I know, think, mosh yeah, pits I mean, or whatever. I a teenager, but I, I, would, I would hope no adult... I mean, I suppose there's still house shows and things like un- way underground where it might be a little more punk and violent, but that seems to have 
Yeah, but for the most part, if like years have gone on, that's kind of like doesn't yeah. really exist because every city now is too expensive to live in. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, but I've been you know you go to house shows as long as you're not a dick. Like, right, exactly. If people are being violent there, you just like get away and just go drink your beer right. over there. You know, right? I mean, I've never had trouble, but I also am six two. You know, like, I've never had trouble because I'm very good at just being like, I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah, and that, I'm, that is well. Yeah. You're just like, uh, no, thank you. I'm like, mm, sir, excuse me. I'm, I'm just going to so step over here. Is that a 24 rack of PBR? Uh, uh, I'll take one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you show up with that at a house show and you're fucking, you got the golden ticket if you show yeah, up with beer. Exactly. Yeah, King Austin, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we haven't, uh, we're not cool enough or part of a scene to go into it any Oakland house shows. Hopefully those bounce back um, after, you know, things reopen a little bit more. But, you know, we also don't really need to go to house shows at this point. Um, I mean, if the right bands were playing, I would yeah, go to house yeah. show in a second. But, but hopefully, I mean, you know, like Eli's Mile High Club yeah. in Oakland, the Oakland Metro Opera House, which we've mentioned many times. Uh, Jack Elba Room. Yeah, Elbow Room, which yeah. is now in the Jack London Square. Sadly, not in the Mission anymore. No. It's a little, it's a little sad. Um, yeah. But the Elbow Room in Oakland tends to play more metal, where the one in uh, San Francisco, I mean, they had metal shows they here and did. there, but, but yeah. it, was, it was much more it was much more of a, a variety. Super eclectic. I mean, they still do that. Um, have an eclectic, you know, sort of. They do a lot of DJ nights, too. It's yeah. like goth and industrial. And yeah. So does a... What's that? The Bloodhound Gang? No. The, the Blood. No. <laughs> what's what's the place next to Slim's? Uh, a DNA lounge. DNA lounge. Well, yeah, that's just a, a place that occasionally has metal shows because the owner likes metal, but yeah. it's very much a club, and it's weird to see metal shows there sometimes. But usually, the sound is fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And that was the first the first show. The second show we went to when you were here, the Suffocation, was at the DNA lounge. Yes. Because the and first Slim's show is now permanently closed. Yeah, and which is sad. Somebody bought it. It's going to change. It's like a DJ. Yeah, band that's what I heard. It's, it's like some dance hall. So fucking bad. I mean, if they have disco night, I'll be there. But yeah. <laughs> probably not. I'll just be EDM night with Molly. Yeah, every, every night. <laughs> just EDM Definitely. night. Come on down. Yeah. Take some pills. So uh, yeah, so I think that's. I think that. I think honestly, that is perfectly sums up the anatomy of a show if we were getting our phd that would be our dissertation and we would right. get all a's right we we just cleared the what do you like the board or whatever mm-hmm. they ju- they all voted yes there was no nays yeah exactly <laughs> we obviously you know really thought this out ahead of time <laughs> this might be our show shortest episode yeah i know but it is interesting i mean you could again talk forever about the the anatomy of a show or whatever um, but each one is a little bit different. But you also just have to you just have to go and go and go to shows, and then you start to see all the similarities. And and obviously, non-metal shows has a lot of similarities. You know, just depending on crowd size, you know, venue and stuff like that. But just overall, we find metal shows to be much. I mean, people are just much nicer. Yeah. More. I mean, like you're encouraged to kind of run into people in the pit area. Um, and it's, you know, very few people get really upset. And you know you're at a more, like, pop, more popular metal show. Somebody's just like, I was, you know, I was standing here, like, get away from me. <laughs> and you're like, uh. You're like, yes, that's what I'm trying to what? do just in front of you. Dude, like, chill the fuck out. You didn't, like, 
you know where they do that thing where they like step again with, yeah, to the right so or to dumb. the left with their legs and they're like oh like a squat position I like. know the one thing I don't understand that I that I used to see a lot of that I don't see that too much of anymore is like this the short the strong dude where he'll have his arms around his girlfriend no, as like a perimeter I was just gonna mention that you know we have to mention like, that guy yeah like right like in the perimeter of Fuck the pit me. and then he gets super pissed it's if like you get knocked he's like, what the it's like what is wrong with you sir it's awful it's like which branch of the military are you in um i mean sorry that's a, i didn't mean that for to be a knock <laughs> yeah. on the military but like it's often the case and yes it's usually a guy who's really thinks he's tough and he actually might be yeah uh you know might be sort of like an mma dude or something oh yeah i don't like antagonize those people at all because i'm like no, you will actually hurt me but half the time not i would say but they're just they're the worst yeah because they do set up like right in the beginning and then they're just constantly looking around be like i got my girl and she's just you know, like <laughs> it's like i love this one song i think uh yeah, it's that's such a weird dynamic. I mean, you see that at other shows, but metal shows very much, and punk shows where the guy is just like enveloped the woman in his arms. I know it's so strange. He's like, "Don't worry, I've got you, baby." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Shut the fuck!" She's fine. Let yeah, her, it's fine. Just leave. Yeah, it's some sort of like marking your territory type thing. Yeah, it's very. If you, strange. Yeah, don't run into those guys. I mean, it happens all the time. But you are just like, "Shut, shut up." Yeah. Basically. Um, well, well, yeah, since we are kind of wrapping up here, let's talk more about, like, what else are we listening to? Yeah, tell me everything. Not metal. Or, fuck it, who cares? It could be metal, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, you know, again, always listening to the same things in, in certain ways. Like, still listening to death metal and mm-hmm. pop music. But as we were mentioning earlier, somehow we got on the topic of rap, which I did not see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> and I was listening to my sister and I both like rap a, uh, a good amount, and especially the Southern stuff. And my sister turned me on to Juicy J's album from last year, which mm-hmm. I hadn't heard. I didn't realize he had one. It's called The Hustle Continues. And Juicy J is better known as one of the founding members of 3-6 Mafia. Mm-hmm. And then that just, I really liked his new album. Um, and then it just got me thinking like how influential 3-6 Mafia is. Um, they started in like the early 90s, like in Memphis, Tennessee, and they were a horror core, core rap band. Like, yeah. That's no real explanations. They, they like horror movies and violence and stuff like that. And, and they like to rap. And they like to rap. <laughs> and one of the, the most popular band in that genre, I think, was um, Gravediggers, who mm-hmm. was his RZA from yeah. Wu-Tang Clan was a part of. Yeah, and I think Jedi Mind Tricks is another. Yeah, and they're a little bit later. Um, I just um, wanted to be cool. I, that's what I just thought. <laughs> yes, but 3-6 Mafia is very much into that, and they really helped. To me, it's nuts. Uh, their most famous album, When the Smoke Clears, came out in 2000. And, yeah, they started in the early 90s. And their influence can literally still be heard today in the rap scene and the pop scene. That trap beat mm-hmm. that was further messed around with, you know, in the Atlanta sound, Houston sound, um, still exists. That is the number one, like, beat that's used in rap. And, I mean, you can even hear the influence in reggaeton and stuff yeah. like that. These motherfuckers. When did they put out? When did this come out originally? Is it like the nineties? Well, first, yeah. So their first album, Mystic Styles, I don't know. It was like ninety two, ninety four, mm-hmm. somewhere like that. But their 
when they first like broke more into the mainstream is when the smoke clears, which has sipping on syrup. Yeah. Okay. I, syrup, yeah. I definitely which is know that. Probably my favorite rap song. Yeah. And I just really got into that, and I got into the New Orleans stuff as well. The Cash Money Records, mm-hmm. No Limit. Yeah. No Limit Master Soldiers. P. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed that. I think initially I kind of liked it ironically or just like I did probably metal. And then I was like, wait, I really like this. Yeah. And what, you know, just going back and listening to a lot of three, six mafia. And so it's been so much fun and I realized how much I love them. And they're actually two of the original dudes, the two main guys, DJ Paul and GCJ, they're playing live shows again. And they just released a couple new songs and man, I hope they come out. Nice. Bay Area. I, w- I would definitely go that. I've seen them once live. Um, and rap shows aren't always the best live because they play like 30 seconds of each song and kind of bounce between songs and you're like, yeah, whatever. But 3-6 Mafia was definitely a lot of fun. So it's been fun listening to that and just listening to those beats, which are often just like John Carpenter, Halloween, sort mm-hmm. of eerie synth piano. Yeah. And then it was just that trap, like snare and... Yeah, I know. And I just... God, I love that. And 3-6 Mafia is literally... One of you know they're one of the bands who really popularized and brought that sound around. So it's it's kind of amazing that a horrorcore rap band who really all their lyrics are either about doing drugs, selling drugs, or murdering their enemies uh, is like one of the most influential rap groups of all time. Fucking, I love it so much. Nice, and I think the horror you know the metal horror fan in me um, also really took uh, like they know their stuff. They're big 80s horror fans. Nice. Anywho, I've listened to a few other things, but how about you? Yeah, so this is going to be maybe on the other side of the spectrum, but uh, I've actually been listening to a lot of Enya (laughs) recently. you mentioned that last time. And so uh, I've still been listening to a lot of her. The album Shepherd Moon... Moon, Shepherd Moons is the name of the album. Okay. Do I need to listen to this? I really love it, dude. Okay. All so right. I've been listening to a lot of that. Um, it's a mood. It's definitely For a sure. mood. And I don't know. I like, just really like, love it. like candles, bath sort of mood? Yeah. Kind of. Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, it can be for like sure. Floating on a cloud. It's kind of more like floating on a cloud. I don't know. I just really like it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I mean, when you say Inya, I think most music fans have 100% heard of her. And they, we all have this like idea of what yeah. she sounds like. But then sail I have no... Sail away, sail away, or whatever the fuck. But then I have no real idea what she sounds like. Yeah, because like. no one's ever really listened to an Inya album. But you've except heard songs, you except yeah. I have. I've listened to the majority of them. And then... Um, uh, we were talking about this before. Uh, I've been revisiting Tribe Called Quest. Oh yeah, yeah. To try to you know kind of like get more be into cool. hip hop. Yeah, and basically just to be cool. Yes, in 2021. Uh, yeah, but they like, have they you guys rule. heard about this? A Tribe Called Quest. Band? Yeah, they're really influential. I think, but I really love their their the music. I think one of the hard things for me in hip hop, especially, is that I don't really listen to lyrics. You know, exactly. like I like, exactly. and it's, I think that's one of the reasons why I also like metal so much is because you can't understand them, and it's just like another instrument, right? The vocals, exactly. But uh, and so like, and I just don't really know anything about it. So if like Biggie is rapping and he raps in some way where it's like you know the rhyme or like you know the how the what the meter or whatever he yeah, does is like is 
is unusual, right? And it makes, and people who understand it well are like, the way that he set up these like rhymes is just like crazy like because amazing, no one's done yeah. it before. Uh, that's just totally over my head. You know, it's like someone listening to classical music and being like, this sonata forms, you know, like right. different than normal. You're like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. No, that's often been my struggle, especially with more hip hop, because that is sort of a minim- minimalist beat in the background. Especially if it's like a RZA Wu Tang thing or something, it's just like a little light yeah. piano and just like a pretty steady beat. And your your main focus should be like the way the poetry that they're like, yeah. And that just like doesn't make sense. Yeah, and to that me. just kind of blows over my head. I'm like, wow, this sounds all the same. And so I think the reason why I like like Tribe Called Quest so much is because their beats are amazing. Right. Like the mute, like the the way they are musically. I, I could if there was no rapping. I could listen to their beats as an album easily. And I think also that's why I struggle with like the stuff that you like coming from the South and the trap stuff, because I listen to that and I'm not that into it, not into the music. And then therefore, because I don't really like listen to the lyrics, it's just something that I can't, that's not for me. The West coast and then the South stuff to me, that's just like, it is kind of metal in a sense. It just like punches you in the face. So yeah, it is more, it's definitely abrasive, more musically interesting to me. Like it's like, it really come down on the snare and the bass drum and you can groove more to the sound instead of it you know you're like oh do i need to pick up on this lyric when they're just like i'm so high all <laughs> i feel with the smoke yeah. yeah that motherfucking green you know and you're like i get it that guy's high yeah and he's talking about <laughs> being high you know yeah. or something you know three six mafia song there and i can yeah so i think I, i'm often uh, more interested in like uh, in rap that it's more sonically pleasing to me yeah. but then I love like I mean it is fucking awesome to go like, go read the lyrics to Wu-Tang songs and of course like Jesus Christ like yeah, these guys I know like it's insane their intelligence and like just ability with words and you're yeah. like I had, how do you do this how do you fucking do this or like sweet freestyling like you're just, like you just came up with that how the <laughs> yeah. fuck did you do that I, I can't even like talk right you're like I like, struggle <laughs> stringing together senses in my first language yeah. <laughs> first and only language I know but, but yeah we could also talk about that forever and that also reminds me I was watching TV the other day and saw Method Man uh-huh. he's also a phenomenal fucking yeah. actor and you're just like and Wu Tang, probably the greatest. Yeah, and the RZA, right. like, didn't he compose like a bunch of like m- uh, music for movies? Didn't he do all the music for yeah. um, Kill Bill? He's in. Su- that sounds right. I mean, he's super into martial arts um, movies and yeah. stuff like that. And I know he. I want. He's been nominated. Oh, you know what's also amazing is Three Six Mafia is the only rap group to have ever won an Academy Award. Really? <laughs> yeah, they won an Academy Award for their song. You remember Hustle and Flow? That movie? No. It was a big movie. I don't know, a decade or so ago, and John Stewart was hosting it. And I'll never forget. It was fucking hilarious. Like they won, and he just steps out on stage, and he's like, "So, I mean, I, for, I know, forget exactly what he said, but it was like." Three Six Mafia one, Martin Scorsese zero because it, <laughs> it was before Martin Scorsese yeah. had ever won, and they're just, yeah. it was like just to show how absurd you know the Academy Awards are. But and you know Three Six Mafia just gets up there and uh, you know well, no one can see my hand gestures there, but yeah, we'll have to do maybe a deeper dive on specific rap scenes because we know so much apparently. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and just briefly, in addition to that, I've um, 
I've actually been listening to the influence or what I think of the influences to, um, I've talked about how I was really into listening to Julian Baker's new album and and Claro's last album from a couple years ago. And then I was just sort of like picking up on influences and and listening to that, hearing hearing a lot of post-rock and stuff like that. And then, you know, some uh, Body Box is a pretty sweet sort of like new slam sort of band. I mean, you know, it's very... It's like Maggot Stomp Records. They mm-hmm. just signed. To yeah, it. it's that sound. It's got that snare, that slam. Snare I fucking sound. hate that yeah, snare sound. And it's real dumb knuckle dragging yeah. stuff. But I found myself going back to it and be like, ah, "This is kind of catchy." And it's like they're sort of like dubbing themselves like Trailer Park Death Metal from Florida. And I was like, oh, "Okay, okay, okay, okay." Got my ear. But you know, anyway, always listen to something and. Um, Hopefully we can have some talk to some guests sometimes. Yeah, I mean we just we should reach out to people and see <laughs> yeah. if they want to talk to us. Well, anyway, we better wrap this up before yeah. we just literally continue to talk about I know. anything and everything. Well, this was great. First, I think first in uh, in person episode. Yes, it is. We have to do this more often. Yeah, I think this is a better uh, format than over FaceTime. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So again, this is us. Two metal dudes, Charlie and Austin. Signing out. We're signing off, and we wish you all a lovely whatever time of day you're listening to this. I'm assuming it's the early morning. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You're on, your, on your morning jog. Yeah, during your morning yoga. Yeah, right yeah. after Inya, you put on <laughs> yeah. the Two Metal yeah. Dudes podcast. Listen, yeah, listen to Marble Halls. That's <laughs> yeah. the, my favorite Inya song. All right, peace out, All right, later, guys. I had riches all Still the same That you loved me